Hello, it's October 15th, 2020, and welcome to the OmniTalk Fast Five, the podcast where we debate the top headlines in the world of retail. Some of what we say might be right, some of what we say might be wrong, but what matters most is the conversation. The OmniTalk Fast Five is sponsored by Fast Sensor and Takeoff. Fast Sensor is the first AI-powered business intelligence platform that provides business owners with ROI-focused optimization tools tailored to fit your organization. With FastSensor, you can successfully monitor safety, efficiency, and journeys from customer flow to queue management to the effectiveness of digital signage and promotions. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more about both, visit FastSensor.com or Takeoff.com. I am your host today for the podcast, Chris Walden, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Anne Mazinga, and Emma the Intern. How are you both today? I, I was wondering what other kind of host you might be. You're like, for the podcast specifically, but what, the, what yeah. other things could you be the I host I got a little for? tongue-tied on that read. Uh, all right, know, all but, right. Uh, you know, given the coronavirus, there's a whole lot of hosting going on right now. So, Good you one. know, and, you know, yeah. and, uh, I thought I just figured you were up Catholic with jokes the- are coming in and all that kind of stuff. So, but we'll keep the show. We'll keep the show the way it always I've, is. We're going to roll. I figured you're just so excited about prime day that, and you had been up for so many hours getting all your prime day deals that you were just, you know, a little flustered, huh? I, I, I a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I kind of, tired from this week a lot's been happening prime day you know it just kind of gets thrust upon us you know which none of us were expecting um emma you you know you you got college going you've got prime day this week lots happening um you got a big research paper what's your research paper on looking at if there is any kind of significant price point on a luxury resale site that people start to question the authenticity of a product do you have a price point emma is there a price point for certain is there things? Is a hypothesis, that- Emma? Yeah. Well, the hypothesis is that there is a significant price point, and then the experiment is trying to figure out what that is specifically. I think usually, like, if it's a brand new thing, if it's less than, like, 40%, nope, if it's more than 40% off, I would be like, okay, that's definitely, like, a bootleg product. Hmm. I think that's what yeah, right. Acquired in some nefarious way, right? <laughs> it's fantastic. Fell off a truck. Well, all right, that, yeah, that, that is cool. And for those that don't know, yeah, Emma's in the master's program at the University of Minnesota. Emma, the intern, doing that type of research, and I'm sure she'll share the findings as we go along here. But guys, we got to talk Prime Day. I mean, normally we do a lot more chit chat, a lot more banter, but there's a lot to get to this week, and I want to hear what you guys bought. Number one. So to kick us off, let's talk the headlines. And I think the big headline this week. Is that Walmart had not is actually not Prime Day. It's about what's it's what's gonna happen next, but we'll come back to Prime Day. And that's that Walmart has now divided its Black Friday plans into three separate events. Walmart said on Wednesday that we'll have three separate sales. All the stores will open up at 5 a.m. local time on these days, and customers, of course, must line up single file before they enter. I'm always curious what a line is that's not single file in today's day and age, but hey, I digress. They will, of course, limit the number of people inside, and employees will also distribute sanitized shopping carts. 
Health ambassadors will also greet shoppers and remind them to wear masks. Whew. Walmart is also planning to take steps uh, to discourage crowds and to nudge shopping online before the actual day of the event. So what's interesting about these three different events is that they each start online at different times and then get implemented in stores at a later date. So for example, the first event starts on November 4th online, and then it goes in store on November 7th and features toys, electronics, and home products. The second event starts on the 11th of November, and then we'll go in store on the 14th. And then of course, the third event, same deal, 25th to the 27th, which is very typically the same period of time where we traditionally see Black Friday activity. All right. Woo! That was about the biggest mouthful I've ever done in a read of a headline. What do you guys think of that? And then let's put it in context with Prime Day. I mean, I don't know. Can we just give up on the Prime Day things? I, I don't know about you guys, but I was really disappointed this year. It was there's just nothing that was really like a standout product for me. And it felt like everybody's deals were the exact same. I mean, they I think the AirPods ended up being the big like that was the big thing for us. Like we ended up splurging because we those. bought some check us out because we, we bought some, <laughs> but I mean, even the AirPods, there's no difference between target, Walmart, Amazon. Like it didn't do anything. I think if, if anything, it told me that if we really want to see people responding to these types of deals now, I think you got to be doing more of like the lightning deals that Prime Day was doing or like some something about scarcity needs to be introduced into this if you want to make a product worthwhile or worth like getting up early for anymore. I just I don't think that the whole Black Friday thing is going to be what it what it was. I think this is kind of the beginning of the end of that that Black Friday tradition. But what do it's, you guys think? That's interesting. Emma, what do you what do you think of Prime Day first? Well, nothing that was already in my Amazon cart went on sale. So I was pretty disappointed by that. I was just hoping because I always have like- You were pre-shopping. Well, yeah, I always have a million things in carts all across. I have like 500 tabs open right now of shopping carts (laughs) that I never buy. But nothing in my cart went on sale. So I was pretty disappointed by that. And then as you guys were saying, really the only deal that I saw on there were the AirPods, but that's something I already have. And there's a new laptop I want, but it didn't go on sale anywhere. And so I was pretty disappointed. And I think Anne's onto something with how Black Friday is really changing. And I'm kind of curious to see if it'll exist in the next five, 10 years anymore, the way that it does. Yeah, it's a fast, okay. It's fascinating stuff that, yeah, I did the same thing with Nike and like I had one item that went on sale, which I did buy, but I was like really bummed out that like on this big shopping day, there was like one item in my cart of like 40 things that was on sale. You know, that kind of was like a, uh-huh. but okay, I want to get back to what you guys are saying. Cause you guys, even though you're kind of, it sounds like you were over underwhelmed by prime day as was I yes. um, across the board. And we haven't really heard anything about it. That's the other thing I find fascinating. There's been no written reports nothing. Now we're recording on a Thursday morning here of Prime Day week, but really nothing has come out at all uh, in regards to Amazon or even the competition in terms of talking about how things have gone. So, but yeah, you guys are saying you think Black Friday has forever changed. And like, why do you think that? Because I'm kind of starting to go towards, it's actually just going to still be when everybody shops. It's just different this year because of COVID. Amazon will continue to do this and people deals will get pushed forward and forward more and more. Walmart will probably do the same thing, but still the bulk of the spending is going to happen later. But what do you think? 
Yeah. I mean, I think that people just aren't in the mindset right now either. Yeah. I think that it's hard. Like so, we yeah, talked about early. last podcast, like none of us were buying gifts. Did you guys end up buying any gifts? Like last minute changes? No. I mean, there, there just, there wasn't anything compelling that was really driving me to spend extra money. And maybe I'm just in the, the like part of the the country that's, you know, in this conservative mindset of like, unless I absolutely need it for the next, you know, three months or four months, it's not something that I need to to pull the trigger on right now. So I don't know. I, I'm not, I, I think it'll go back to normal levels next year, but I really believe that this is going to be a shift in, in what Black Friday or what these like spending holidays that keep coming up. It's like the same as these gratuitous like international blank day like i just feel like th- th- it means nothing anymore there's like no sanctity to these these retail holidays anymore yeah emma do you agree with that yeah definitely and the other kind of thing i wanted to talk about i think honestly amazon if you ever watch their like live streams every day they do like five products that go on sale and they talk about them and they're always like cool products and at a significant discount. And I think that that's like a much more exciting way to shop. And if Amazon for can kind sure. of plan more of those around something like Black Friday, I think that might be kind of where the future of this is going because those deals are honestly better than anything I saw on Prime Day. Yeah, I think that's where my head at t- is at too, is that I think it's, there's actually two separate conversations going on here. Like one, Amazon can now move the market whenever it wants. I mean, we always kind of knew it could, even when it was doing it in the summer, but in the summer, but now it can kind of do it whenever it wants. And everyone else is going to have to follow suit. But whether that's impactful, I think, is the second part of the story and how much it actually changes the behavior in terms of what they do and where the spending actually falls. I think when you're still talking about traditional holiday things, like, I think you're still going to see that move later. The Walmart announcement is interesting, too, in the sense of you can see why they're doing it because of the pandemic. They want to have crowd control, which I think is going to be tough if you're trying to do that to the degree that they're trying to do. But it also came, the announcement was made on the second day of Prime Day, which also gives me some indication that, you know, maybe things aren't moving as quickly as people want right now, uh, in, even in advance of all this, act, or even given all this activity. So, like, you know, so what is going to happen? And are we still going to need to push things later just because that's the mindset people are traditionally in? And that's when people care about it, even though Amazon can go in and push the hell out of it, you know, anytime they want is what this is showing, especially across all the different categories. So yeah, I don't know more to come on this. I just feel like we don't have a lot of information. Um, and the whole week was just, yeah, it was kind of, it was, it was just kind of a block, you know, it was, it reminded me of the scene in Shameless. And I know you're a big Shameless Oh yeah. Pretty skinny shameless fans out there to give you, if you have never watched the show, there's this really, you know, William H. Macy plays this crazy guy, but anyway, he goes to a sperm bank and he has to, you know, quote unquote, make a deposit. And they have, they have different materials there for him to help. And he comes out and he's like, I'm sorry, can I get something else? Because this is like from the eighties and it just doesn't do anything for me. So it was like a big letdown for him. And that was the whole reason he was excited to go there. Blah, blah, blah. I felt the same way. Like it just, nothing was really happening this week was that was all that special in terms of just how it felt overall but i digress all right let's go to story number two emma all right so dollar general is planning on opening stores that are aimed at wealthier shoppers they're planning to call this new brand of stores pop shelf and they're mostly going to sell things that shoppers don't need but they might want or might splurge on such as party supplies home decor or beauty products They're planning on opening 30 stores by the end of next year, and they're going for the suburbs of larger cities with these stores. So this, to me, makes no sense. 
And I'm curious to see what you guys think. But what? Why? Because like, there's already so many stores that do that. Like you have Home Goods and TJ Maxx, and if you want like genuine party supplies, you find your nearest party city because it's probably still open, even though you might think it's closed. And it just, <laughs> I think like Dollar General is doing really well right now with the consumers it already has in its base. And I just don't know why we need stores like this. You can get all this stuff on Amazon. I got to agree with Emma. I mean, I think that this concept is playing in a much larger sandbox than uh, than the Dollar General is. I mean, now you're starting to compete with the Michaels, the Joanne Fabrics, the Walmarts, the Targets, the Five Belows, the other places, similar concepts in the same space. Now, for me, the key thing here, I think, is what will they learn from this store format? And what can they take and then apply to, they have almost 17,000 stores around the country. What can they take and learn from this concept, apply to their smaller format stores? And when you start to think about what Dollar General is already working on by incorporating fresh produce into the Dollar General stores, and if you take some of the learnings from this, where you're starting to bring in beauty, home categories, other, um, you know, $5 and below kind of home items. I think that you're starting to create these like small format Walmart and Target stores that could in in theory extend across this almost $17,000 general stores that they have around the country. And I think that to me is where there's a real market. I mean, if you don't have to drive, if I live in a rural community, I have a dollar general in my community. I don't have a Target or Walmart. So if you're saving me that two hour drive to the Target or Walmart to pick up some of these items um, or creating this like small format dollar general store that has all of these these pieces uh, put together in one store, I think that's where the real value could come of this. I don't think that, you know, in an in the same strip mall as a Michaels or a Five Below that this concept is going to do very well. But Okay, interesting. Chris. That's fascinating. I you've just brought some really cool points I'd never thought about. Um that I'm I I'm I'm into this one, you guys. I don't know. I'm surprised to hear Emma poo-poo it so quickly. And are you into throw like, blankets or are you into the concept? Let's clarify here. Well, five dollar throw blankets. Can't I be into both? Uh, oh, touche. Yes, you can. Uh, <laughs> like that's the best thing. A push throw blanket. My kid. Oh my god, I can't pull him away from his. To be honest. But anyway, he's like Linus. But I digress. <laughs> Again, seriously, I'm I'm into this. Like for a number of it. First of all, Emma, you mentioned it. Like Dollar General is a kick ass retailer. 16,000 stores. I want to read the comp that they had last quarter. 19%. 19%, right? And this isn't a time when everybody's buying things digitally. 19%. What's the other thing that we can bet on? The divide between the haves and the have-nots continues to grow wider and wider. The other key point in this story, how many stores are they plant? They've said they're going to do 30 of these stores. That is not a small number. 30 stores, that means you're into this. And so it also makes me think they've got something that tells them they've got a hook there because these people are smart. They don't do things willy-nilly. And if I look at the pictures of this, it looks just like a Target store and it's all under five bucks. Now, I find myself, Mrs. Omnitalk, we go into Dollar General all the time to get the kids stuff. It's just a fun place to spend a little money, not too much. I don't see why the home is any different, but yet you mentioned it, and Target, Walmart for years have kind of just had that home furnishings, refresh your house business to themselves. Emma, you mentioned home goods. 
but it's not reliable in terms of what you're going to get there. It's always kind of different versus like, if you look at the photos, they are taking a point of view on color blocked merchandising, what the product is. No one's really gone into that space. And the thing that happens, prices go down. Consumers will always gravitate, gravitate, excuse me, towards wherever prices are going down. So I think there's something here. And the point you said, which is fascinating is if this works, and then Dollar General works, they continue to add more food. Well, suddenly you don't have it all in one box, but essentially you have many targets in Walmarts operating throughout the country. Right. And we've talked about the reimagination of the one-stop shop before. So that starts to get really fascinating long-term if you start to do that even greater and better prices day in and day out. And I think the experience overall, like if we're going to use another obscure show reference, I'm going to bring up Schitt's Creek in the last, (laughs) this last Of course we are. That's what we do at Omnitop. Exactly. Where uh, Johnny Rose makes the pitch to basically bougie up each of the motels that are scattered, the, you know, 30,000 motels that are scattered around the country and just make it a boutique motel experience. I think that's what Dollar General has the ability to do with their stores. They can really class up these stores and still have the right mix that still hits on that dollar, that price point that you're talking about, Chris, but gives a little bit of an elevated experience that these people in rural communities would have to drive, you know, two hours to get to the closest experience like that. So yeah, I, I think it's a good move. I'm, I, I think we should keep tabs on this one, you guys. Yeah. It sounds a lot more like expect more pay less for those of you that follow that brand pretty closely. <laughs> save, All right. men- uh, save money, live or save money. Live better. Yeah, save money and live better too. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds a lot like Funny. that one too. All right. And okay, guys, I have story number three. So standard formerly known as Standard Cognition, a.k.a. the Madonna, Bono, Beyonce of checkout-free retail, has converted a convenience store at the University of Houston into an entirely checkout-free retail facility in partnership with the college and the dining services provider, according to a joint press release. Uh, The store is leveraging Standard's machine learning technology. It will be open 24 hours a day, carrying the typical snacks, coffee, other convenience items intended for on-the-go consumption. And it can even do a transaction in 2.3 seconds, the fastest ever recorded for those students who might be running late to class. Not that we know anyone who's ever experienced that. What in the world do you guys think of this Standard, not Standard Cognition, but Standard Announcement? Whew, I don't know. I'm I, I'm skeptical on this one. I think I think Tier Reed was really interesting too, calling them the Madonna or whatever. I mean, I'm I'm actually starting to wonder if it's a little Milli Vanilli on this one. I mean, there's not a lot there's not a lot happening here to me. Like, you know, we had we had the CEO on our podcast a few uh, about a month ago now, and you know, yep. talked about he he was, you know, they, they've had a lot of fan from the past. They were going to have three thousand stores in Tokyo, right? That never happened. They're now he was saying on the podcast, like, look out, come September, October, we're going to have some big announcements. This to me isn't it. And technically they have four stores open. Um, their PR team, I inquired with their PR team last night. They have four stores that they're opening here now as well. They're going to have one in Charlotte, one in Toronto. Um, in addition to their San Francisco store that they're including in that mix, which I think is an interesting point in the press release as well. And then I've also been trying, I'm still trying to get the information because this didn't come through in the first request I made, which is how big are these stores and how many SKUs are there? Because, you know, when you start talking about a college campus store and you look at the photos in terms of what's, you know, put in the headlines, that's a really, that's a really different play than say like what you're seeing or trying to see from some of the competitions, say with, 
you know, what Grabango is doing with Giant Eagle out in Pittsburgh, what uh, Trigo is doing, trying to do with Tesco, you know, out in uh, London. Like those are bigger types of installations that I think are just harder to operationalize. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what to read about this and why the rebrand, man. I mean, you brought that up. Why, why do you think, why would you rebrand? I don't, I don't get that. It's a mystery. It's not even that big of a rebrand. Like why even, I don't understand that. I'm going to have to I, figure that out. I don't know. Jordan Fisher, you listen to the podcast, fill us in, tell us what we're missing here. And please tell me that there's a bigger announcement that we can expect in this month of October, because we were pretty pumped after that podcast. But Emma, you're the closest we person to, to living in a dorm setting in college campus world. I mean, I think it's undeniable that check out, a checkout free store seems cool, but I mean, wh- what do you think of this? Like, is this going to be enough to drive a destination for you as a, a college student to, you know, make a trip across campus to get to this store versus another, or, or what do you think? I think that if standard just focuses on this kind of college little convenience store concept that they have something like brilliant going on in that because the likely you probably have to travel all the way across your campus anyway to get to class where Yelisha used to have to. And if you're late, I think that this is incredible because there was nothing worse than you're running late to class. You need a coffee spot, you wake up and then you need a banana so that you don't pass out from not eating anything. But then, you know, there's 5 million students who have class at 9.05 and are in the same place as you in the same boat and they just need that stuff. And then you have to wait 10 minutes in line between behind everyone else. The technology is slow. The people that work there are just wicked mean. And so I think that this could be really like successful if you have, you know, just one in the two hotspots like University of Minnesota, you've got East Bank, West Bank that have like the two hubs of students. And if you put one on one bank, one on the other bank, I think that this would be really successful and people would actually go out of their way to just be able to check out without having any human interaction. Yeah. I mean, I think those are good points. I think the part, the part that I don't know, and I don't know that industry well enough is I don't know. I don't know how fragmented that is. Like, and I don't, you know, but I think to your point, it's, it's, it's at least a good place to like maybe prove the technology out, but I think we've got to keep apples with oranges here. Like this to me is not an implementation you know, like what we're, you know, like what we're seeing from other people. And again, against what was to me made us believe like this is going to be something much bigger and much more substantial. This maybe there's still more to come, but I don't know what that is right now. We'll keep you guys posted. But I mean, Anne, am I thinking about this the wrong way? Like, what, what do you think about when I say that? I mean, I was when when you first sent this to me or sent this the this story across the thread. For me, it was like, okay, well, maybe this makes sense. I mean, we know they're they're planning a pilot with Circle K that's got fifteen thousand locations. So I right. I immediately went to you know, is this a bigger partnership with Aramark or one of the food providers that's doing like dining hall services in addition to these convenience stores too to really like blow this up across college campuses all around the country and maybe it is but i mean i think that the the whole dining hall concept too still feels a little bit far out since the technology that's is mostly applied yeah. yeah exactly mostly applied just to convenience store grab and go items but i don't know uh yeah, I, I I I guess I end it by saying I expected more from this announcement. So I'm I'm hoping that there's going to be there's going to be another another few things to come from Standard. And I'm live. On, we're live on email here, and if we get information on the SKU count size, we'll be sure to pass it on here while we're recording, uh, and also continue to share it with you guys as we get more information. But let's yeah, let's keep moving. I think we feel kind of the same way. All right, who's up next? 
knowing how this is running, it's Emma. All right. Yes. So GameStop and Microsoft are partnering to create the ultimate gaming destination. So Microsoft, who's the creator of the Xbox console, is going to leverage GameStop's retail stores to offer an expanded variety of product offerings, including most importantly, Xbox All Access, which provides an Xbox console and 24 months of a Game Pass to players with no upfront cost. And then GameStop is now going to be able to utilize Microsoft's cloud-based business applications and its customer data platform. So this, according to my gaming sources, is pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool because my first thought was that, you know, there's not really any need for GameStop to exist in its current form format at all. Like nobody really goes and physically picks up games from GameStop anymore. However, they do have a customer base. And Microsoft is pulling a smart move here and taking that, making their stores much smaller and providing that kind of gaming through streaming, which is really kind of the future of gaming, but also being able to sell your Microsoft products in a store that is much more local. You don't have to like travel all the way to Minneapolis or the Mall of America to go to the Microsoft store. You can just go to your local mall that probably has a GameStop. But I, the, definitely the streaming aspect of this is huge for the gamers. Yeah, yeah and was, you were big on this story. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the most interesting part of it for me was that Microsoft closed their retail stores earlier this year. So now you're looking at one of their biggest audiences and one of the biggest draws. I mean, the Xbox was always in the front of the Microsoft store to try to draw people into the other Microsoft products. So now you have, like Emma said, you have these GameStop locations that are drawing in a gaming audience. You're giving GameStop a source of subscription revenue, which I think arguably might end up actually uh, being the demise for GameStop if people just end up completely doing streaming and they've kind of, you know, cannibalized themselves there. But uh, but I think that it's important to think about the opportunities that now Microsoft and GameStop have together within these retail locations. I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier about Prime Day in, you know, this the drop and being able to have these exclusive experiences like they're, what they're doing with the Xbox release um, and having the ability to go same day to pick up that product. And I still think that there's value in one, the scarcity, the drop part of it to in being able to go that day. I mean, the AirPods are a great example. I, I looked online, they were on sale for Prime Day, that drove the price, but I ultimately ended up buying them from Best Buy because I could drive there that afternoon and pick them up. And some of these products like gaming and stuff like that, they're exciting. You want to have them in your hands that day, or at least have the option to get them in that way if you want them that quickly. So I think there's a lot to come from this. It's one of the smartest things that we've seen out of GameStop and certainly their stock is reflecting that. Um, uh, I don't know, Chris, though. You you played... The last time I played video games was Duck Hunt, so I might not know <laughs> what I'm talking about here. Yeah, so, revenge. I, I, feel um, like, I feel like you're going to... You and Emma both have much more experience in this category, so I'm no, just kind of taking I'm it at huge, face value. No, I'm not a huge gamer, but I was playing Star Wars Battlefront with the kids yesterday. But um, no, I think you said, I thought you, I thought you said some really great points that I agree with. I think both of you guys did. I mean, I think, it, you know, the, I thought the most interesting point in what you shared was like, does it ultimately mean the demise of the physical locations? I mean, I think, but, and then I come back to, yeah, probably, but I kind of go, oh, well, what was going to happen otherwise? And I think people forget that part of the conversation a lot, which is like, what what is the route out like yes you probably have to do that yes you probably have to disrupt yourself and so 
you know, if the game, if gaming continues to move in this direction, the stock surge 30%, those guys tend to know, you know, a little bit about what they're talking about, not all the time, but, you know, generally speaking, markets have a good indication of where the opportunities lie. Like, that's a good move. If we continue to move in the streaming direction, like this gives GameStop a foothold with a very powerful player in that space to carve out what that future next identity is, say 10 to 15, 20 years from now. Then you, you know, juxtapose that with, all right, what about all the other places that make a lot of money selling games? Target, Walmart, again, what are uh, Best Buy, you mentioned, like, what are their plays, Mm -hmm. you know, in the world where that plays out? How are they finding their niche in that? And who are the partners for them? So I think, I think this makes a lot of sense. And then you're right, and you can still use the, the physical locations. Maybe you don't need as many of them, but you can probably still use certain ones of them, you know, in the right way. Uh, online gaming as a competition, as a form of competition continues to play out. Five Below just had their announcement today. We don't know, or this week, we don't know how that's going to continue to evolve. So there's a lot of, I think, good option value that comes from thinking in this manner. So yeah, kudos to that Microsoft and them for, for going after this this way. Yeah, I think the, maybe that the, wasn't the Chewy.com guy the one that invested in this too. Wasn't that wasn't that didn't maybe. we do that story a while back? Yeah, it was something I, like that. So you know, maybe this guy knows what he's doing. Maybe, All right, well let's yeah. finish let's let's finish it out. Last story. Um, and I think this one's important, especially in context with what we just described, which is the moves the, the world, excuse me, is continuing to move more into this digital first direction. Carter used to talk about it all all the time when he was on our podcast with us, which is really about who owns your day and you know what are the things you're interacting with on your phone throughout those periods of time. And that first touch point is mostly digital. And what retail is coming to grips with is the fact that the physical entity is really a second level in that discussion when it was always the first level before. And so I think this week, to close it out, huge news, the delivery startup GoPuff has now raised 200 and another, excuse me, an additional $380 million and is now valued at $3.9 billion. Now, we've talked about GoPuff a lot, but generally they've kept a pretty low profile, but believe it or not, they are available in 500 U.S. cities. They've raised $1.35 billion in total funding thus far. And again, for those that don't remember, basically what they specialize in is convenience item type delivery in under 30 minutes or less, especially the Domino's Pizza of convenience store delivery. And you've been tracking this one quite a bit, Emma. You're totally in this kind of customer demographic that they're trying to reach. Let's let's start with you, Anne. What do you think here? Well, I just have to say, I've never, in all of my time in retail, I feel like this is one of the most hotly contested posts on LinkedIn that we get engagement with. And that is people still hating on this idea and dismissing it as something that's not ready to go up against the targets and Walmarts of the world. And I just have to say to you, you know, is an almost $4 billion valuation and a $380 million raise enough to get your attention? Because it should be. I think that the ability that they have, you mentioned it, Chris, they're in you know, 500 locations. They've got 200 micro-fulfillment centers set up right now that can do delivery in 30 minutes or less. And it, you're right. It comes down to who owns your day and where is that, what subscriptions you have, what 
what conveniences are you getting from these products? And I think GoPuff has the ability to be one of those players who, you know, will own. Yeah, you might not have the same experience. It's not like waltzing through a target when you have an hour to kill. But if you need a few random items and you can get all of those things in 30 minutes or less at a pretty convenient and good deal, I think this is going to be something that is just going to continue to take market share. We And we've been seeing the same thing again, Instacart, you know, they brought on another I, yeah. few people this week. I, like it's happening. I think that's guys. The just point, come right? to terms. Yeah. Right. That's, but there's a lot of people now making pretty big bets that the world is going to play out that way. These are sizable bets. I mean, we've seen it not happen before. I mean, you can think of the dot-com boom, but yeah, there's something to what I think you've been saying, which is like, who's going to own that moment in your life and where are you going to go when it's just, hey, I need to get something for this specific needs state. Emma, what do you think? Last thoughts here and then we'll close it up. I think this is definitely awesome. And there is a huge market for this for people my age. Like before I met you guys, I'd never heard of Instacart. And I was like, people get their groceries delivered. But something like GoPuff, if you can really get that convenience and especially if they can get alcohol rolling out in the Twin Cities, like, I think this is going to be huge, especially for college age people. Yeah. You know what else I got thinking about, about around this uh, last night as I was doing the show prep was, you know, take some of that money. What was it? It was $380 million. Take, you know, $5 million of that. And I think what the really <laughs> interesting five. idea, just no, but see, I mean, seriously though, a mere five. Right, yeah. You right. can do it. That, that is, it's a mere five, right? That's a, that's an S load of money. Take five million dollars of that. You've talked about their micro, their little micro fulfillment warehouses. Give Standard a call and say, "Hey, let's make a combo micro fulfillment warehouse and a shoppable unmanned convenience store, and see what magic happens." Because you bring those two things together, where you have computer vision, AI accuracy in that retail operation, and then you're also able to ship out of it. That changes the convenience store delivery game and the convenience store shopping games in ways that are unimaginable. And it'll be really interesting to see who takes a fresh from the ground up approach to design a convenience store that can be shopped and shipped in that way. We leave you with that. And maybe put it in a mall. Maybe put it in a mall, but we'll leave you with that. (laughs) Or just on the corner where everyone needs it too. Maybe we'll just start there. But, um, I don't know. I think that one, that one gets your, I, it got me going at least and hopefully it will to you too. All right. That wraps us up. Happy birthday today to two people that I'm sure Ann and Emma, their intern have no idea who they are, but that is oh, Linda Lavin for those that are fans of the old TV show, Alice. And of course, Tanya Roberts, who will always be known to me as Stacy Sutton in A View to a Kill. And remember, if you only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it Omnitalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you, all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks as always for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And we're off next week because of Shop Talk. So be sure to follow us closely on social media and via email. And of course, as always, be careful out there. <laughs>